What's up? This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. That is Sabrina, and I am Corinne. That is Corinne. I want to say someone's name. (laughs) Okay, let's restart. That is Sabrina. And that is Corinne. And we are your ghostesses. ghostesses. Here to tell you some scary, spooky stories about ghosts and the paranormal. We'll try to make you laugh, but we'll probably also end up scaring you because we end up scaring ourselves. So, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Illyria. (laughs) I don't even know if I'll be able to, like, speak or make comments because I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm just going to rest my head on the microphone and take a nap. But that puts a lot of pressure on me because that means I have to talk Carry the team. Um, You sent me kind of a scary text the other day. (gasps) Okay. Well, I have two things to tell you. So maybe I'll do my Okay, well I'll tell you the first part. So Okay. This has nothing to do with the text. So yesterday Nick and I went to go see a movie and we're driving back and he goes, So something really weird happened to me last night. And I was like, Okay. What? what? And he says that he was sleeping and he woke up and felt not felt, he heard a voice tell him to pray for me. What? Sabrina, but it was it was like a voice inside of his head. I have I still have a lot of questions about it, but it wasn't any he said it wasn't a negative feeling. It just felt like something wanted him to pray for me and then he started like saying our father in his head, but then he felt like he needed to put a hand on me. So he put his hand on me and started saying our father and right away the voice or the way he said it was that it was a you know when, like, a thought gets put into your mind, but you feel like it's not your thought? He mm-hmm. said he, he felt like a thought was put into his mind to that the Our Father was not the right prayer. And so he started saying Hail Mary and then said that a few times with his hand on me. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then... I want to know what it's a warning for. Well, like, so did you just need extra protection or... It's possible. And I actually, the next morning, was listening to... Uh, a podcast and I won't get I I was listening to something that basically made me have this kind of awakening to going to therapy and working on myself and so I don't know if it was a a, maybe it was like a a power to be working in a way of like trying to open myself up to accepting things hmm I don't know it's very confusing because he said it did not feel negative whatsoever But just felt like he had to, right in that moment, he had to pray for me. Like there was an urgency. I wonder if you were in a vulnerable position. In my dream. Maybe, yeah, in your dream or in your um, new self-reflection. That maybe there was something that could have come and could have entered the house and maybe tried to attach to you or, or whatever. And the other oh. thing came in and was like, don't let that happen. Wow. Oh, my gosh, Sabrina. I really – that's the scariest story we've ever told on this <laughs> podcast. And he said he has never felt that way before either. Like he he says that his mom always says or makes comments about hearing a voice tell her things where she feels like some someone's telling her something. And Nick always thought like he just thought it was something that you say – but then the other night when he had that experience, he goes, oh, I get it. It actually is someone telling you something. Maybe that person or that spirit is his mom's guardian angel or spirit guide or what That's have you. Maybe. And that in that moment they visited you because you needed it. I don't and know. And so he got a visitation from his mom's spirit guide. Well, what you kind of brought up earlier, too, about me in in my reflectiveness but i also because i feel like i've been told lately that i'm open to astral traveling or i'm able to in my dreams travel i wonder if because i've been told it i'm more open to it and 
there was something happening in that moment in my dream. Ooh, yeah, maybe you were about to astral travel, but like at a bad time, like something else was going to happen if you did. And so he had to say some stuff and and ground you again by putting his hand on you. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm, I, I have a lot of questions. The, the one good thing about it is that he said it absolutely did not feel negative and that it was just, he felt like he had to do it and it was more protective than it was preventative or to like, well, that's good. It's yeah. it's even more crazy that this happened to Nick because Nick is religious. Nick gets nervous at stuff like saging and anything yeah. that has to do with changing energies and mm-hmm. spirits or anything like that. So for him to admit that something like this happened and that he was given a message and acted right. on it because he believed it. Well, he also 100% believes in ghosts and spirits, but he thinks he thinks that there's also with the positive there's negative which we believe as well yes it's the balance of the universe and he's nervous at talking about it so openly and comfortably especially we we do dark topics we talked about possessions and exorcisms and then Mm black-eyed kids so you know like we are we've been afraid of opening ourselves up to things but i think that's his hesitation is that because we're talking so openly about these things is that allowing Mm -hmm. a dark entity or anything to come into our home it could be and too i've even noticed a change in myself where when we first started this podcast i was extremely nervous and very scared at every single topic that we discussed and i've almost become somewhat desensitized to some of the topics yeah which is probably a bad thing because if you just talk about it without like projecting this protective shield Then what is that opening you up to? But maybe you feel the same way I do is where I've always considered myself spiritual, not Mm -hmm. specifically religious, but spiritual. Yes, same. But since starting this podcast, I feel like I've become more connected to that spiritual side of myself and like just reading people's stories or hearing other people's experiences, I feel more connected to my spiritual being yeah which is a positive thing it is a positive thing and uh, but i think there's a distinction like i don't think by any means i'm opening myself to be like hey what's up man what's up ghosts come hang out i'm more like connected to my spiritualness in terms of the universe and like understanding the bigger picture of things Mm -hmm. oh something cool what one of the things i always do whenever I'm feeling a bit disconnected or down or just off is I go outside because nature just resets me. And there's a woman in my program who we were talking about just like bad backs or like, like your muscles and joints kind of popping as you get older and, and just like growing and like getting sick and, and whatnot. And she said that she has remained like her body is in a a good spot and she doesn't get sick very often because one of the things that she does is every single time she feels like she's about to get sick, she goes outside and lays on the ground and absorbs the energy of the earth. I I agree. I think being outside is probably one of the best things you can do for yourself, getting fresh air. Although in LA, is it really fresh air when it's full of smog? Well, in LA – I got pneumonia every single year in the winter, (laughs) and this is my first winter back here, and I haven't even really had a cold. So it very much was L.A. and my lungs incapacity. So what you're saying is I should move to the East Coast and be with you. Yes. Everybody should move here. Yes. We can move into Lizzie Borden's old house. Who's that? The woman who killed her parents with the axe. Oh, can we not do that? <laughs> Remember there's like a little riddle, something about her yeah. and hitting your mom 67 times or something crazy? What? I don't know. I don't remember. Wait. I swear it was a thing and I would like jump rope and sing about it. That's a – I feel like all those little kid things and <laughs> songs were just based on something very dark. They're so dark. They're so dark. Like Ring Around the Rosie, I'm pretty sure is the – is a very dark reference as well. Oh, yes. Ashes, 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 we all fall down. You know what is a great movie, and I don't know if I've ever 
talked about it on here. It's completely in Spanish, but what is it? It is called. Now I'm forgetting. Oh my god. Uh, El Orfanato, but it's called The Orphanage, obviously in English. Ooh. But I just remember like it opening up and there's a little girl and she's knocking on the train. She goes, uno, dos, tres, toca la pared. And they basically, I can't remember the exact premise and mind you, it's all in Spanish. So I shouldn't be that scared of it because I'm using subtitles. <laughs> But oh my god, it was terrifying. It's like, oh, but sometimes dead children in an orphanage. Sometimes sub- subtitles are scarier because you yes. you your senses are already on high alert because you're paying attention more. I guess that was the first ghost story and only ghost story I've ever told in Spanish because I watched it in high school in one of my Spanish classes, we had to do a presentation on a movie in Spanish. We had mm-hmm. to watch it in Spanish. And then we had to do a presentation where we only spoke in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I reported on the ghosts in El Orfanato. <laughs> That's when your two girls, one ghost fantasies started. <laughs> I'm just trying to appeal to our Spanish speakers. Yeah. We actually had someone from Malaysia email us. Really? Yeah. I haven't read it yet, but I just saw it come in. Um, that's so cool. Did you check your mail today? Yes. Did you check your Snapchat yesterday? Oh, no. <laughs> I got, you sent me a book and I, I did. I messaged you about yeah. it. I got, I got myself one too. I'm excited to read it. Oh, where is it? It's over there. It's called The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog. Yes. It's about psychology. Psychologist psychiatrists working with children who go through trauma yeah very interesting i'm excited to read it read it together and talk so now i have that i have the gift of fear i have the psychopath inside i have oj simpson's strategy for murder i have serial killers and i have the 10 percent entrepreneur stacked on great my bedside table ready to read you need two months of isolation to read all your books. <laughs> well, I don't have many friends here, so it's basically that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so depressing. Good. I don't have time for friends. Should we talk about white ladies? We should. We think there are so they okay. We we know there are so many of them. Mm-hmm. They appear it's, in almost every episode ev- that we yeah. have. Yes. And there are so many versions of them. And they're all over the world. They're also known as women in white, mm-hmm. weeping women. Yep. And about a million other terms. But yeah. most commonly, white ladies. White ladies. Or white women. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that all over the world, there are different variations on what seeing a white lady is. Like, I'll just read a few examples. In Holland and Germany, they were said to be healers or gentle spirits. German legend stated that they appeared at noon, blindingly beautiful in the light, which I think is the most beautiful phrase. Oh, my gosh. And I could only wish that someone would ever say I looked blindingly beautiful in the light. Yeah, dead or alive. What a compliment. I know. And then the Dutch legend said that they haunted graveyards during the night. In England, Ireland, and a lot of other northern countries, a wailing woman in white were said to foretell death. In Scotland, a woman in white was rumored to have been the lost soul of a suicidal girl who threw herself out of a tower. Um, in Mexico, the legend says that white women drown their children and wait by bodies of water to drown other children. Oh, my gosh. And then in Japan, they are vengeful spirits who are attached to certain objects or places that attack people that come into contact with those objects or places. Hanukkah-san. Exactly. Minus... She's not wearing a white dress. It's still scary. She's wearing red. Yeah. And then more recently, and in the UK and the and in the US, they are often they often come with stories of tragic love stories. Mm-hmm. Like they're women who died on their wedding days, that's why they're wearing white, and they either were murdered by their beloved or that they died before they could get married. Yes, or that they were betrayed by their lover. And yeah. Yeah. Because of that, they either took their own lives or 
right. while trying to find them or run away, something tragic happened to them. Yeah. Much like and the theory behind Emily's Bridge in Vermont, which I discussed yeah, in exactly. one of our earlier episodes. Yeah. And it's, it, it also kind of – all of the women in white almost seem like they have a message or as if they want to tell a warning or they have something that they're, they need to tell you. Like their business here on Earth is not done because of the way that their life ended. They also are often associated with hostile feelings towards men. So mm-hmm. either preying on men or having violent reactions in the presence of men. And some people have reported seeing white women hitchhiking on the side of the road, waiting yeah. for an unfaithful man to come and pick her up. Others have been scratched by them, pushed by them, and otherwise assaulted by white ladies. Oftentimes, after being provoked by men who go, knowing yeah. that supposedly the white lady yeah. will be angry and attack you and then she does so yeah you asked for it so don't provoke spirits guys yeah if there's anything we can teach you anything at all it's to not provoke spirits well what lady in white did you choose i feel like i always go first you went for no i've been going first every time <laughs> i don't think that that's true I edited the last two episodes. <laughs> My memory is never faulty. <laughs> well, I'll go first. <laughs> Even though I go first every episode. <laughs> That's just not true. All right. So I chose. No, let's story. fight about it for a little bit longer. I don't have the energy. Okay. <laughs> I have to move on from this fight. Okay. I forgive you. Well, I didn't think that you were that mad at me that, you need, <laughs> that i needed forgiveness we've lost you. our minds everybody's a little mad yeah okay this is the story of the castle of the white lady whoa there's a small town just outside of rochester new york it's called irondequoy i had to look that up yeah because it's spelled tough. funky but irondequoy and I'm positive that's how you say it, because that's how the local newscasters say it. Okay? <laughs> All right. In this small town, there is a park. It's called Durand Eastman Park. Didn't look up how to say that one, so that could be wrong. But Durand Eastman Park. Mm-hmm. It's a popular spot for hikers, for beachgoers. There's, like, a strip of beach and then a bunch of little trails that you can walk through. I saw that there was, like, a camp nearby. Like, just, like, it's a popular spot. People go there. All the time, at least in the summer. It seems popping, like the the local town puts on events there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a spot to gather. But don't wander too far from the trail, (gasps) because you may come across the white lady. Oh, no. Before it became a park, this area housed a couple special residents, a woman and her teenage daughter. This was sometime in the 1800s. And her daughter was very pretty. All the boys wanted to date her, but her mom was like, no, you're too young. These guys are stupid. Don't date them. Listen to your mother. She, Her mom was super protective and basically ensured that her daughter wouldn't date anyone by keeping her occupied at home. And their home was in a secluded part of town. So, like, basically in the middle of the woods, right on this lake. So, like, Rapunzel. Sort of. But Rapunzel kind of resented her mother and this daughter surprisingly especially because she was a teenager didn't mind and had a really good relationship with her mom and was close to her mom so she was like okay yeah i'm not gonna date anyone like whatever she listened she listened but one fateful night her daughter goes takes an evening stroll by the lake and she never returns (gasps) her mom is frantic and she's convinced that her daughter ran off with a boy because all the boys were after her. Right. But other people in town were, weren't were so sure that that actually happened because it just seemed really out of character for the daughter. And they she just really did have, like, a good relationship with her mom. And they right. didn't think that she would betray her mom that way. And there were no warning signs and no one heard anything. And, like, when would she meet the boy? I don't know, all this stuff. So people were like, mm, I don't know. I don't think she ran off with a boy. So then the townspeople theorized – that she must have been murdered that night. Someone came along town and she didn't fare too well, especially being out on a lake at night by herself. Oh, no. 
Her mom spent every night of her remaining life retracing the path and wandering around the lake in the area looking for her daughter. She was often seen wearing a white dress and always had her two dogs with her. And she eventually died alone in her secluded estate. Nobody moved into this house, and over time it began to crumble. And so you can actually go to the house now. It's not far from the beach or the trails at all. It's very accessible. You just basically just Google the white lady castle, and it will come up. Wow. In Irondequoy, or even Rochester, New York, it will come up. It's so tragic. It's really horrible. Losing your daughter would be, losing a child in general would be the worst thing in the world. And you're a single mother and that's your only daughter and you spend your entire life just protecting her. Right. You did everything you possibly could and it still wasn't enough. Oh, I know. It's very tragic. Last week we talked about how kids were terrible when they have black eyes and this week we're talking about how much we love kids and want to protect them forever (laughs) so this house sits along lakeshore boulevard it's near lake ontario it's pretty accessible for anyone who wants to go and potentially catch a glimpse of the white lady because the mom is still there looking for her daughter so she's the white lady people have seen her walking around with her two dogs searching for something They've seen her come out of the water, which seems to be a theme amongst white ladies that oftentimes they are by bodies of water, either coming out of the water or floating yeah. above and along water. That so makes me wonder if she thinks her daughter drowned. It's possible. And like she's like in her afterlife searching the bottom of the lake. I mean, it's totally possible. We don't know if her daughter could swim. I would assume that she could because it's right on lake ontario and then the Mm -hmm. actual house sits between two smaller lakes so within a mile there's three bodies of water so basically they're just on water you would think but But you know things happen she could have slipped fallen hit her head become unconscious drown in the water we just don't know um yeah they've also spotted her coming towards cars as if to ask for help but that is not all People have had much more close encounters with her. So I'm going to tell you a couple of those encounters. Okay. There was a girl who claims to have seen her multiple times. She and her friends go there frequently just to, like, hang out. It's a popular spot for teenagers, too, to go party and drink or whatever by the lake. And then also it's a lover's lane area as well. But she would go with her friends and she said that she's seen her multiple times and she seems sad, but also peaceful. And she appears in a sort of mist with a mist around her. That's also a common trait of white ladies. They, which I really wonder why, what does that mean to come misty, to be misty? Hmm. I don't know. Another girl was walking home, and she noticed a white mist up by the tree. And she watched it move down to the ground and form the white lady. The woman, or the white lady, then looked at the girl, moved her hand towards her, and then just moved past her and floated past her into an open area of grass and then started doing a digging motion as if she had a shovel and was digging into the ground. And so the girl just stood there watching the white lady until she disappeared eventually. Wait. What if that's – like we said, they come for to tell a message or they have something to say. What if she found where the body is and is doing that and to she's just dig to- here? Please dig, find her body. Oh, my gosh. And she won't rest until someone does Because she makes herself her. – it sounds like she appears quite often. Like there have been – plenty of people who've seen her and then there are plenty of paranormal investigative groups that go there to catch a glimpse of the white lady she seems like once she appears she's always giving a message either pointing towards someone or looking at someone making some sort of motion here's a more unique case of this woman okay all right so there is a story of this guy he was on a date with a girl they went to that area because it was Lover's Lane spot. And mm-hmm. something happened. Romantic. Either 
she said something he didn't like or she spilled something. Something happened. And this guy had a huge temper and he got really angry and really aggressive, started yelling at her, calling her stupid. He supposedly got physical as well and started, I don't know, doing what, but physically and verbally abusive towards her. Mm -mm. And suddenly there was a flash of white light and a lot of banging noises outside of the car windows. So this guy all macho and like hyped up and angry gets out of the car to be like, what the hell? And give whoever is doing it trouble. And the girl reported that it fell completely silent. And that when he got back in the car, he was sheet white. He had scratches all over his face and he wouldn't speak. I have full chills. What? <laughs> so it's Go. thought that the white lady came and protected that teenage girl from that guy. Go white lady. Roughed him up a little bit. Wow. That's the kind of ghost I want to be. I want to bully the bullies. Yeah. Also, what a great lover's lane to be protected by this white lady. Seriously. Like, you're not going to get away with anything. No, no, no. White lady's watching. Mom is watching. That's amazing. The, The house that her and her daughter lived in, the crumbling house, it's now referred to as the castle of the white lady. And she roams around that premises. Most people say that she appears at night closer to the full moon, but you can probably catch a glimpse of her anytime. Yeah. Sounds like it from a lot of the stories. Wow. I, I, researching this topic gave me a lot more respect for white ladies. They're pretty badass. Yeah. And I think like my initial thoughts on them were just that they... I don't know. Not that I didn't like them before. I just like was like, come on, why can't you be wearing a different color? Yeah, like they all are white ladies, which we've talked about before in previous episodes that maybe the reason that (laughs) there are so many white ladies is because back in the day, a century ago and and more, people didn't wear colored linens. It was all whites and creams. And so the majority of people passed away in these lighter colors which is also pretty crazy to think that these spirits are centuries old yeah another thing while researching white ladies that i noticed is that when people come in contact with them it seems like white ladies the presence of white ladies like they belong there almost more than the living like they look at you or they appear and you almost get the feeling of like oh i shouldn't be here like this is their spot yeah like they come with this certain confidence and power yeah and protectiveness over their space yeah but almost in not in a negative way but also like a should i be looking on right now That's so interesting. I mean, no one outright said that. I just kind of got that vibe from the way the people. From the stories. And I went into like a deep hole of watching videos on YouTube reporting about white ladies and looking at pictures of white ladies. Yeah. It was all very spooky. Very spooky. But yeah, anyway. So go visit the castle of the white lady. Go picnic out by the beach and then grab your energy bar and hike up to the white lady castle well if you want to also take take bars when you're traveling maybe to australia where i went to do some white lady research you went there you got on a plane and you went there yeah real quick for a quick turnaround i flew (laughs) to australia i went to wakehurst parkway in sydney australia saw a white lady and got back on a plane and came home please tell me about it i'm really dedicated to this podcast so i spent all my life savings to take a flight last minute flight to australia but wakehurst parkway well, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of white ladies are from centuries ago, and we think because of the white outfits that they're from a long time ago. But the white ladies in this specific place are actually newer is not the right word, but they're they died. They're less more recently. Antique. There you go. Yeah, their bodies are fresher. <laughs> their bodies haven't fully decayed yet underground where they're buried. Unless wow, they're then cremated. they're super new. 
Yeah. No, they're not that new. You know where but I've always wanted to go, but not really? Where? Just in my mind, theoretically. The body farm. <gasps> like where they study bodies and how they decompose. Different, yeah, decomposition. Yeah. Like I don't really want to be near the smells. No. And I might faint. But it's just. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it's so cool. I shouldn't say cool. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's different. Yes. I don't know how someone can do that for their entire life career. Ugh. Yeah. Ew. They have to, like, poke the crusty skin with a stick. Well, they test bodies and how they die in multiple different ways. So. That would be the worst body farmer. <laughs> Poking it with the dirty stick. <laughs> yeah, this one's still going. Still here. <laughs> That's my checklist. Yeah, I don't think they'd hire you. Sorry, Corinne. Sorry to ruin your dreams. You can read about it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Wakehurst Parkway is quite possibly Australia's most haunted highway where a woman in white and a phantom nun haunt drivers in their cars. What? A phantom nun? Mm -hmm. That's so weird. But she also is in white, so that's why I kind of scooped her into this category. It is... 26 kilometers from the heart of Sydney, New South Wales, and it is a parkway which is notorious for fatal crashes and grisly murders. The parkway runs along Deep Creek Reserve, which is the site of gruesome killings, such as Stephen Dempsey, who was shot and dismembered in 1994 and then stored in a freezer before being found. Wow. But it is best known for the ghost stories about the nun and a woman in white named Kelly. They know her name. They know her name. So everyone close your eyes where you are and picture you're driving down a long stretch of road. Well, maybe don't close your eyes if you're driving or like doing something that requires you to see. But like if you're like alone in the dark under your covers and no one's home. You're scaring me and everyone. Sorry. Everyone quick say Hail Mary. (laughs) Okay, so imagine it's late and it's nighttime, it's dark, and you reach a stretch of road that is completely pitch black. It has no street lights. Your headlights are the only source of light, but you can only see so far ahead of you because there's no other light. And then all of a sudden you feel uncomfortable. It's not just because it's dark outside. No. There's something else. In your rearview mirror, you see a woman. Now sitting in your back seat. She's in the car. She's in the car. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Did I really paint that picture for you? Oh my god, I'm drooling. <laughs> wow, I couldn't control my mouth. You full on put that blanket all over you. I'm scared. So then maybe your car starts getting controlled. So these ghosts have a um pattern of taking control of people's cars and it only happens on a specific stretch of the road it's the and it has to be the darkest stretch of the road right of course um and there are ways around it so some people avoid that entire stretch of the road or and take longer routes home or to work to avoid wow because it happens that frequently the people actually go out of their way to not have to drive on that part of the road yeah um people have reported that when they drive down that area of the parkway their windshield wipers won't work their car doors will lock and unlock by themselves and the radios will turn on and the volume will turn all the way up and sometimes the headlights will turn off themselves and you won't be able to turn them back on which leaves you in complete darkness like you cannot and your car is still moving and you're not in control Oh, my gosh. And, and can you imagine feeling super uncomfortable? Your headlights turn off. All you want to do is get out of there, but you f- can't physically see the road in front of you. What would happen, I wonder, if you op- open the door and just roll out? Well, Would they get you know. on the road? Yeah, I think so. I'll tell a story in a little bit about a – yeah, she's <laughs> she's on the – they're on the road. God damn. So – There are two women, like I said, who haunt the Wakehurst Parkway. The first is an older Scottish nun who died about 50 years ago. And there is a taxi driver who refuses to drive on that road anymore. His name is Hla Oo. 
He is a Sydney taxi driver, and he was working late on a Friday night in 2001 when he felt a presence in the backseat of his car. He felt like someone had gotten into the cab while he was still driving. And he looked into his rearview mirror, and he saw a white silhouette of a thin old woman. She was sitting in the middle of the backseat staring at him. She had a white gown with a headdress similar to that of a Christian nun. He couldn't see her face clearly, but he could see the color of her deep green eyes in the rearview mirror. He slammed the brakes and he his he slammed the brakes and his car veered to the left and skidded onto the shoulder of the road. When he looked back in the mirror, she was gone. And it was the last time he drove on Wakehurst Parkway. So the story of the nun itself is a little unclear, but there used to be a large compound for the Christian city church near the road, and people people believe she was visiting from Scotland when she got run over at an intersection nearby the church, and she ha- has since been haunting the road. Oh my goodness. The second woman in white, her name is Kelly, and she's a girl who died in a car crash in the late 1970s, and she has been haunting the road ever since. Kelly is known to enter people's cars as they drive down along the road, and if you don't tell her that her presence is unwanted, she will take your car, take control of your car, and veer it off of the road to crash it. Why? Why? Kelly? It, yeah, it's nuts. So there's a psychic medium whose name is Mary Luffland, who has seen Kelly on a few occasions. She lives near... A few. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, she lives near the parkway and she's also a medium so i'm sure she has like gone out in search of kelly and the first time she saw her she was driving along the road at around 2 a.m when she felt like someone was touching the back of her neck and then she noticed a white veiled apparition of a girl in the back seat of her car sometimes she will see kelly and other times she will just have experience experience things in her car like the radio will buzz or her doors will lock and unlock. How do you know the difference between the nun and Kelly if Kelly still appears veiled? It's more of like a veil over her face, whereas the other one is a headdress of a nun. Oh, actually wearing like a habit versus just kind of like a, a misty... Exactly. Ghostly cloak. Right. Okay. Or maybe they're both the same and people have just interpreted the two of them differently so it seems like there are two i don't know so mary believes that kelly appears because she is stuck in the place where she died and that she died a tragic death and issues that she is trying to share a message and looking for a ride out of where she died and i was theorizing that maybe when she died she was trapped in the back of the back seat of a car maybe she was hitchhiking or maybe she was kidnapped and was stuck in the backseat of a car and tried to break free. And by doing so, she veered the car off the road and died in impact or in the crash and is stuck there. And it's trying to find her killer, essentially. Ooh. Because there are a lot of people who were taken and killed in this, this stretch of woods because it was so isolated and away from people. So I wonder. And then I have a few stories from other people who have seen Kelly and the nun. So this girl, Samantha Fisher, was a toddler in 1998 when her and her mother were driving down the road. Samantha was fast asleep in the in a car seat in the back seat when all of a sudden her mom passed out behind the wheel. Her mother blacked out and the car drove up the side of the rocks, tipped off the side and crashed back down, down on the road. Her mom broke her back in the accident while Samantha remained asleep and was completely uninjured in her car seat in the back. But there was absolutely no health reason for why her mother blacked out. She was in perfect health condition. She had a full night's sleep, and all the medics were completely at a loss for words and had no reason for why she would have blacked out. So they theorized that Kelly was responsible. And it's been said that if Kelly gets into your car and you do not tell her to get out and that she is not wanted there, then she will veer your car off the road and crash it. But the baby in the back was totally fine and didn't even wake up. Yeah. So is it only the driver that she's after? It's possible. And maybe if she sees an innocent soul, she ensures that they're fine, that they're safe, or anyone riding in the back seat is safe because she identifies with them. 
Oh, that's interesting. But then, so there's also a filmmaker whose name is Bianca Biazzi, who made a documentary called The Parkway Hauntings in Sydney. It came out in 2015, which is about all of these hauntings and all the ghosts on the parkway. But while producing the film and making the film, there were a lot of experiences with these ghosts. There was one time specifically where they had a medium on set with them, and they had a bunch of actors down in the creek right off of the road. And a medium said, like, she felt, like, overwhelmed with feelings and that it was very clear that a gruesome murder had taken place in the spot that they were standing. Wow. And this reminds me a lot of your story from American Flatbread when the um, tour guide was telling a story because all of the actors started behaving very strangely and started throwing up. One of them started throwing up so violently that they wanted to take her to the hospital. But then they they all got out of the, the, the creek area and went up back onto the road and felt fine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, wa- I, I wonder if they, like – if anyone filmed, if anyone was actually using well, the cameras and pointing it around, if they would have caught anything. Well, this leads into my next story. So same filmmaker, Bianca oh. Biazzi. They were doing a reenactment of Kelly. And when they were filming, they saw a weird glow behind the actor. And they turned all of their lights off to make sure that like it wasn't coming from any of them. But the glow was still there and it's behind the actor. And the actor apparently all of a sudden turned very white as if all the blood had been drained from her body. Was it Kelly trying to play herself? Maybe. Like, Kelly took over the actor's body. Ooh! <gasps> like, oh, it's three, two, it's one. It's me. It's my turn. It's Kelly. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Okay, I have one last story. Okay. So, a man named Nick said he was driving on the road in the 1990s around 2 a.m. with some of his friends when they rounded a corner. And as they rounded the corner, there was, like, a woman standing in front of the car. But they they didn't see her, and she, they drove right through her. And he slammed on the brakes and was terrified and thought that he had just hit a woman. But then he slammed on the brakes. Everyone in the car turns and looks through the rear view or through the back window. And there is just a figure a a lady in white staring back at them oh she turned around and looked at them yes so you're not safe outside of the car either oh my gosh because she's hanging on the road oh no 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 yeah i'm never going to australia again (laughs) all of australia is off bounds now (laughs) no but that is the wakehurst parkway and the white ladies that occupy it wow Double the white lady action. And these ones right? are evil. Sounds like. Yeah. Or, I, or, I mean, or still trying to get a message out. I, I don't know. know. But to, like, physically injure someone to the point of where they're breaking their backs and almost dying right. and leaving their child as an orphan. I know. Not my I kind mean, the of mom, ghost. the mom recovered fine. But still, yeah. Breaking someone's back. It's wild. Ooh. Maybe just avoid white ladies. Yeah, it just kind of goes again with what I said. When you see a white lady, it feels more like that moment in that place belongs to them. So just back yeah. away quietly. Tiptoe away very silently. Don't make eye contact. It's like with a bear. If you run into a bear, don't make eye contact. Or don't gorilla. run. Yeah. Wait, actually, someone emailed confirming that you should not look a male gorilla a male ape in the eyes because he will attack but female ones are fair game oh okay i know that the silverback gorillas if they look at you or start to kind of feel threatened you're supposed to just throw yourself on the ground almost like a submissive position like a dog like oh i'm not bugging anyone i didn't even see you don't pay attention to me but that's such a hard because that that fights your instincts like i feel like you don't want – if by laying there, you feel like you're making yourself more of a easy target. Whereas if you're on your feet, you can – you're more nimble and able to jump, dodge. You won't move. win, though. So you well, won't win. <laughs> They're huge I know, but I- <laughs> and strong and have – they can run fast. Do you think they're ticklish? <laughs> <laughs> That's your defense. Tickle, tickle. Yeah. 
<laughs> maybe. Maybe you'll be adopted into the clan. You'll be the best of friends. <laughs> oh, it's like Tarzan. Can you imagine that that news? <laughs> Strange girl tickled gorilla and is now a gorilla herself. <laughs> New Jersey girl survives ape attack by tickling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better headline. <laughs> I had more time to think about it. How many characters are allowed? Oh my gosh. Should we read listener stories and their experiences with white ladies? Yep, I'm pulling up a couple right now. Okay. Okay. This one is called White Lady Story. And it is from... Very very direct. Yes. (laughs) And just in time, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we asked for people to send them to us, too. And she did, 12 hours ago. Thank you so much. So she says, Hey, guys, I listen to your show at work, and I'm the type that needs to put their feet up when I'm scared. Dude, so do I. So you can often find me sitting in an awkward position at my desk so I feel safe, lol. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) This story is my mom's. I didn't even know she believed in that. But randomly, one night, I told her I had to shut the TV off in her room because there was a scary show on about the story behind the movie The Exorcist. We had the spookiest conversation. She started telling me about her experiences. Apparently, the apartment we used to live in, a small town in Southern California, when I was three, had a lot of activity. But the most occurring entity was the white lady. She said she would wake up in the middle of the night to use the restroom and get a glass of water, and she had to pass the living room. Quite a few times she heard the rocking chair in the living room rocking back and forth, and when she would go to investigate, no one was there, and it wasn't moving. Oh. As she walked away, she saw, in the reflection of the TV, a woman in a white gown, almost like a wedding dress, (gasps) sitting in the chair. She went back to the chair, and no one was there, and then she looked at the TV, and in the reflection, she could still see her. What? She said she would go into our room, the kids, because the room felt the safest. I asked her how she felt whenever she saw the lady in the chair, and she said she was more surprised, scared, than frightened, so I don't think it was an evil spirit. And once we moved, she said she had no other experiences. Thanks, ladies. Love the show. B. Oh, my goodness. It's... It's... What ugh, clearly this like got to me. What's weird to me is that she heard the rocking chair moving back and forth, but it didn't move at all. Like it, whereas usually you see ghosts will manipulate objects to move, but she's manipulating the sound. Yeah, which that that's like when when I was home. Remember, my mom was like, "I don't think the doors are actually opening. I think it's just oh, m- yeah. mimicking the noise of the doors opening." Or there's another like dimension in within our dimension that is the ghost realm, and it, it in that di- dimension they're opening and closing doors. The others, the other side. Yeah, that's freaky. Ooh, and to look at the reflection and still see her, like go back and be yeah. able to look in the reflection and be like, nope, she's there. It's like the opposite of vampires, where vampires don't show up in mirrors. It, but it's where- true. It's true. Like sometimes photos and. Hmm. Mirrors. I'm. That's what I'm scared. Like reflective of. surfaces are what show ghosts. I have always been afraid of reflective surfaces, and it is for a good reason. Because of ghosts. Because of ghosts. As I'm surrounded by reflective sur- surfaces. You can see two of me. I can see one, two, three. No, put your arm down. <gasps> oh, is it going? One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I can see at least ten of you because you have your FaceTime up, which is facing the mirror. Also, across or behind where you're FaceTiming me is another mirror, which is causing, I think, the... Oh, that's a yeah, double mirror. Yeah. And I can see myself, too, because the computer's facing oh, the mirror. there you are! <laughs> wow, I'm huge on your computer screen. Yeah, I have trouble seeing. We've already discussed that. Thank you, Corinne. <laughs> You have it taking up half of the computer. (laughs) You are. I could put you in full screen, but then I, you know. Please don't. Couldn't see my notes. Okay. Do you want to read your other one or do you want me to read mine? You read yours and I'll wrap up with our special one. Okay. Okay. So this is called Ghost Stories from Amber. And 
Amber at first had issues sending this email, so she wrote, something really doesn't want me to send this. I first accidentally sent it to twogirlsoneghost at gmail.com, and now my email is saying the server won't send it. So sorry if you get this multiple times, but I got to keep trying, and I'm glad she did because this story is awesome. Okay. I live in Bakersfield, California, and you started following me on Instagram, so I checked out your podcast, and I've got to say I am hooked. I wanted to share some stories that my mom, sister, and I recently shared with each other. I've labeled them based on creepiness, so you can order them however you want. The first one is creepy story with a happy ending. My mom has always been a skeptic. She didn't believe in any spiritual beings in any way, but she does admit that she's seen and experienced a ghost. She says she's still a skeptic. Then she hears other stories, but there's no other explanation to what she experienced. We lived in this old house where a man died on the back porch. Natural causes. Frequently, my mom would wake up to a dark shadow figure hovering over her in bed. She would bat at it until it went away. One night, she hit it. She hit at it so hard she fell out of bed and hurt her arm and head on the nightstand and sliding glass door. Oh, I should mention, the man died on the porch right outside of said sliding glass door. My stepdad also experienced a woman in white either hovering over him or standing right by his side of the bed. I would see the woman in white at the end of the hall between my parents' room and my nephew's toy room. As quickly as I'd see her, she would be gone. These ghosts were never malevolent or mean. In fact, they liked to keep my nephew safe. They did not like the toy room door to be shut when he was in there. We would close the door when he took a nap, only to go back and the door would be open. My nephew is a hard sleeper and was still fast asleep each time. We also had a baby monitor so we'd hear him if he got up to open the door. We no longer live in the house, but my aunt's boyfriend does, and they have experienced the same things. My mom never told my aunt about the spirit while she lived there and only asked her about it once we moved out and we had known she'd slept there for a few nights. She described the exact same encounters. We don't know who the woman in white is, but whoever they are, they're at least nice. You should have warned your relative before they moved in, I know. That's funny. Well, her mom didn't believe in it. And someone died there. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of seems like it's a woman and a man. Maybe they're together, but I don't know. But the woman is protecting the nephew in the toy room, which is interesting. What is she protecting him from? Oh, my gosh. So her happy story, last year, my stepdad got really sick and was on life support in the ICU. We discussed taking him off and letting him be at peace, but we weren't ready to make the decision. Friday night, I had a dream about him. He was sitting up in his hospital bed with no tubes, and he said, You've got to let me go, hun. I'm not happy. I was confused because he looked so good, but I understood. The next day, I told my mom about the dream, and she cried and said, Well, that's that. He wouldn't be happy how he is, and he would be so mad. We kept him on support. We discussed it with my sister, and we made the decision to remove support that Friday, that Saturday. Last weekend, my sister told me that on that Friday night last year, she was in the kitchen after putting her boys to bed, and she felt his presence, and she wished she would have acknowledged him because she felt he was saying goodbye. My mom has felt him crawl into bed with her several times over the last year or so, and it's good to know he's still around watching over us. That's so sweet. And she emailed – she has another story story in this email, but she also emailed us a follow-up about her stepdad, and I thought it was the most incredible story, so I have to share it. Okay. So – um. She said, my, da- my stepdad would have loved your podcast. I didn't want to make the last email too long, but I also lost my father to a heart attack when I was a baby. He was 31. He's been making appearances energy only, no visual that I can remember. We moved back to my mom's hometown, and a couple of years later, a man and his daughter moved in next door. His daughter and me became friends, and one day, I got the feeling that I needed to go over there. Her dad answered and said, I'm sorry, hun, she's not here. I said, that's okay. Are you home alone? He told me he was, and I asked, so is my mom. Do you want to come meet her? He said, well, sure, and took my hand and walked me home. That was how my mom and stepdad met. Oh, my God. Right? Her dad wanted her mom to find love again. Like, this is out of a movie. (laughs) This is like the holiday, but the ghost version. And she was five years old. (laughs) I genuinely (laughs) cry. I love love. (laughs) (laughs) 
She said, yeah, she said, I would bet my life that my father told me to go get him into our lives. My stepdad was the most amazing husband and dad we could have asked for. He loved my sister and I like we were his own kids. Yeah, soak that in. It's amazing. Oh, man. You don't need dating apps when you have ghosts. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if ghosts just set people up? Ghost match. That also could be... That could be a new dating app because ghosts are good at manipulating technology. So maybe we just set it up, put it out to the world and say, help me. Work your magic. Okay. And now I'm going to read her super creepy story. Okay. I've always felt more receptive to ghostly happenings. I've seen a few scary ones when I was younger from a demon hand pretending to be Jesus. I had no idea who Jesus was at that point in my life an evil presence in my dining room, to a creepy Santa crouched behind my couch in June one year. They always gave me the feeling that they were waiting for me. They always gave me the feeling that they were waiting for me. I would always tell them to leave me alone, and I never saw them again. I'm less receptive to sight of these things today, but I get the chills often and tell whoever it is to just leave me alone. I sometimes wonder if the creepy ones have left me alone since the good ones were more active. Now that I'm not living in that house anymore, I'm waiting for them to make their reappearance. Thanks for friending me and getting me sucked into your podcast. I'm loving it. Stay safe and sage, sage, sage. See you on the other side. Amber. Wow. Amber. You brought me to tears with all of your stories. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Wow. There's a lot going on. I'm yeah, glad she's that had a she lot of experiences. has her dad and her stepdad because it sounds like creepy santa scary jesus right other ghosts wandering the home she also shared a few stories where there are some accidents she's been in in her life where a like something fell on her which caused her to go to the doctor and find like a well now i should just read it because it's also incredible and might make you cry as well it she said a 25 pound blower fell on my head And it wasn't in use, but it was on wheels on a shelf. So it fell like randomly. I was sent for an MRI because I didn't have functional control of my hand. And they found a tumor on my thyroid gland. I have zero family history of thyroid cancer. So they thought it was just a benign nodule, but they were wrong. Two surgeries and one radiation treatment center. And I've been cancer free for six years. It would have been a pretty big fucking coincidence if it wasn't a spirit or something. So I chalk it up to my father and some other spirit spirit telling me something was wrong wow She's so you're right like she has for her. some guardian angels yeah she does. definitely it's amazing it's really amazing wow and maybe her her dad and stepdad will match her up with her love yes oh my gosh they're probably she, or maybe now. they already did yeah I'm sure when she meets the right person, they'll give her a sign. Right. Or maybe she already has, and we don't know. We don't. We'll have to ask. Let us know, Amber. Let us know. Okay. Okay. We normally only do two, but our dear friend Nikita sent us a story. Sabrina, I know you pull them up and read along, but this one you're not okay, allowed won't, to. Okay, I won't. I won't. I won't do it. You're Can't not allowed to. You just have to listen. It's short. Okay, okay. I know okay, this okay. story, and it's disturbing oh i haven't okay 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 click out i don't have it up i promise okay she said i'm nervous i don't like this i like being prepared i like reading along hi friends since the dawn of time i have told corinne this story and i've been meaning to tell you guys so here it is one night when i was in ninth grade i was woken up by cold air blowing across my face I assumed it was the window, so I checked the window, but it was closed. I rolled over, and I still felt the draft. Suddenly, I heard a slight whistle, and I freaked out. I tried to move, and I couldn't. I remember telling myself, just get out of the room. In my panic, I was able to jump out of my bed, and I ran down my hallway to get to my parents' room. At the time, our hallway was carpeted. I fell, and I was screaming as I got dragged backwards (gasps) towards my room across the carpet. Everything went black. I woke up the next morning in bed, and I assumed it had just been a nightmare. So I throw off my sheets to hop out of bed, and all down my legs was the gnarliest rug burn ever. 
I ran out to my <laughs> I ran out of my room to my parents and asked if they heard me screaming and they said, "No, not at all." Mystery still unsolved, but nothing else has happened since. Regards, Nikita. What? Yeah. She got dragged down her hallway and blacked out and woke up in her bed again. What the heck? <sighs> and has no idea, no answers. And this is ninth grade, so we're 14. Oh, no. No, 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 no. What? Mm-hmm. That's... I... It's the most intense. Like, it is a terrible nightmare. And then to wake up and realize, realize that it was real. It actually happened. Something that you were running from knocked you down and dragged you and the panic and fear in your body made your body just shut off no yes this happened to nikita even leia's like, not what like the it shit? no me neither leia no answers i don't like no answers i want answers no there's no answers and nothing's happened in that house since I don't, yeah, that's what it makes it, she makes it sound like nothing's happened in her family home since. I know stuff has happened to her, not like that, but like she's heard stuff or heard people talking or footsteps in the other room thinking someone's home, only to find out she was home alone. That's very different than being dragged. Not the, yeah, not the same as being dragged down a hall. No. That's paranormal activity crap, and that happened to her. That's absolutely – that I don't even have words for that. That's so bizarre. Oh, what? Can I tell you what I'm scared of, which is my another unsolved mystery? hmm So there's a lot about it that I don't really know. But for the past three years – Three? I – yes, I have thought that I have – and it's a stalker of t- of sorts because they've never made physical contact, but they have called a lot. What? And for three years, you've never told me this because it's one of those situations where it happens once in a while, and I I haven't had to address it. Like it's mostly just phone calls. I'm gonna stalker stalker. Tell me more about this person. Well, I don't know who it is. I just once in a while will get a call, and it's of a guy asking to talk to Sabrina. And I'll ask, who is this? And they'll be like, very quiet, but heavy breathing, like, (sighs) Um, but so I'll block the phone numbers every time it happens. And then the other day, I got a call from an unknown number, and they, I picked up because I thought maybe it was a work thing. So I said, hello, who is this? And right away, they're like, oh, I think I got the wrong number. And I was like, who is this? Because usually you'd be like, oh, is this so-and-so if you got the wrong number, right? Yeah. And then they go, they go, just hold on. Stay on the phone. Stay on the phone for me. And it sounded like the same voice. And I really have no idea. I don't know what to think of this. Me neither. I want to know who they are. I know, me too. And do they have a list of, like, multiple girls and they just go through and call them once in a while? I have no idea. It's weird. But uh, we'll just move on and hopefully I am good. Well, just be safe and be aware. Yeah. But now I'm very public with this podcast, so. Yeah. What are you scared of? Well, nothing significant now because I don't have a stalker. <laughs> My God, Sabrina. Um, I am. What's the question? What are you scared of? Oh, <laughs> we do this every week. Welcome to Two Girls One Ghost Podcast, Corinne. Oh God, I'm tired. <laughs> I am scared of when my mental breakdown will happen because it's coming. I thought it was going to happen on my way back from work today. On I didn't go to work today. I went to school today. See, my brain isn't working. <laughs> you can't even remember. You know what? I'm afraid that I'm losing my mind. It's almost the weekend. 
I almost started crying in the car because someone didn't go quickly enough through the green light. And it triggered me. If you want to cry, there are some really good movies out right now. Not that you have time, but... No, I already did cry as a listener story. That's true. So, anyway, it's going to happen. I'm going to break down, but I love when I break down because then I can build myself up in a better way the next time. Reboot. You're like a robot. Reboot. Need a good cry. This Is Us is back on. It just... Oh, that's a good cry. Oh, this is us. Bless. Sterling got uh, nominated and Ah, and won. He got an award for, yeah, a Golden Globe. Was it best? Best. I think best drama actor. Uh, Yeah. Right? He's so good. Oh, they all are. so good. They all are. And whoever does the makeup to age Mandy Moore. I know. Good Lord. Also, but does Mandy Moore in general has not aged at all? No, not at all. Well, you guys, this has been fun. This has been fun and spooky and, well, we'll keep you updated on uh, some of our situations. Yes. Stalkers, mental breakdowns. Prayers over over Sabrina and her sleep. Mm-hmm. I just spoke about myself in the third person and I hated it. But yeah, so maybe everyone else should email us their ghost stories. Um, they can be completely unexplained, like Nikita's. They can... Feature love stories like Amber's. White ladies, they can... Anything. We love reading them. Anything goes. That's not good. Anything goes. Uh, (laughs) Email us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes because you're just a nice person and you want to do something nice for someone else who works really hard and does really good things and you like listening to us. Please, thank you. Are you saying that we work really hard and do really good things? You're tooting our horn, Sabrina. Stay humble. Right. <laughs> but we do work really hard. We do. We do. I always I always complain about how much I have to do. And people are like, other people in school are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, I count the podcast as homework. So yeah. that's like 75% of my grad school. I'm actually just referring to the podcast. <laughs> it's part of your life right now. So like, it's whatever. Fun. It's not one that I'm giving up. Ever. Never, ever. Never, ever. But... Yeah, follow us on Instagram at Two Girls One Ghost, and we're on Twitter TG TGOG Podcast, and we have a Facebook group. Visit rxbar.com slash TGOG and enter the promo code TGOG at checkout, and you won't be disappointed. Nope. And we will see, see you on, on the other, other side. side.